All right, welcome back everybody to our latest podcast. Um, today we'll be talking about disability services at BARD and how one can go about receiving those services and kind of seeking those out. My name is Josh Tyler. I'm one of the assistant directors of admission. And as usual, I am joined by the director of admission, Mackie Siebens. Hey, Mackie. Hey, Josh. Hi, everyone. As Josh said, I'm Mackie Siebens, Director of Admission, alumna of the college as well. And today we're joined by Erica Vandervelden, who's going to speak a little bit about her role here at the college. Erica, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um, hi, thanks for having me. I am the Director of Accessibility and Disability Resources at BARD. I am an alum also. I graduated in 04. And I'm new to this position this year, but I have been working for BARD for the last six years or so. I've been in the BSEC, our early college in Cleveland, where I was the director of advising and taught psychology and orchestra. So it's a change, um, but still within the BARD family for sure. Great. Thanks, Erica. Well, our first question is really, could you tell us a bit about what your position entails as the director of accessibility and disabilities resources? Sure. Um, I work um, first of all, I work very closely with um, student affairs, and a lot of what my position is is acting as a liaison um, and collaborating with residents' life, um, with the deans, with faculty, and other other offices that are that provide student support, um, just to be able to make students' um, experience at Bard more accessible. So I help students set up accommodations, whether those are Um, in terms of housing, whether they are about getting around campus, or whether they are academic accommodations for classes. And then I also help students just to access the supports that they need um, in a pretty tailored, um, individualized way. Thanks, Erica. Um, So uh, another question that we have for you is, um, in your introduction, you sort of mentioned orchestra and psychology and working at the Bard High School Early Colleges in, in an advisory role. What prompted you to go into this particular field, um, I suppose, uh, advising, but also supporting students um, working specifically with, with disabilities? Um, well, this is, so um, disabilities and disability resources is something very close to my heart, actually. And my my own education is in psychology. Um, I have a master's in clinical psychology um, and spent some serious time in grad school um, focusing on the kinds of testing that are done for people with learning disorders, for various mental health conditions. And I took a real interest in that and also the ways in which the documentation and the evaluation of various disabilities are then translated into services. So sometimes successfully and sometimes not. So I have always worked in education and I think my angle as a psychologist helps me to really focus on the individual. And so I was actually really excited to come back to Bard in this role because it just feels like such a great opportunity to help turn these documented disabilities into opportunities for students that actually fit. Um, And when I was at Bard, I was also a student with a learning disability. And it's really gratifying to be a part of some very serious change that has happened at Bard um, in this area. So um, I'm I'm really enjoying that part of it as well. That's great, Erica. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned the change. Um, If you wouldn't mind kind of talking about how, how things have progressed 
you know, from, from the time that you were here to now um, and what some of those changes were? Sure. Um, well, for one thing, accommodations in the classroom are much more, they're, they're, they're much more, more normal. Um, faculty are much more comfortable. There are accommodations that are just sort of um, standard for faculty now. Faculty have had training in how to implement certain kinds of accommodations. Um, faculty have had training in how to interact with students with disabilities in a way that I'm really pleased to say has become so much more sensitive to the needs of the students, you know, than, than you know, when I was a student. People have um, a growing understanding of accessibility, of also disability as a part of diversity. So um, when, when faculty or students are talking about accessibility, it's, it's done much more inclusively and with much more sensitivity to the needs of the people who you know, are actually being discussed. So that's something that I'm really proud of. Um, there are also just really um, pragmatic changes that have happened um, in terms of the campus being more accessible. I mean, it's tough right? Bard is the little schoolhouse on the hill, emphasis on the hill. Our seasons are snow and mud. So, you know, there's the reality that the landscape is tough for folks with mobility issues or other physical disabilities. Um, but I think the college is really pushing in the right direction in terms of making this terrain easier to navigate for folks with physical disabilities. So we have um, on the BARD website, an accessibility map that's interactive. So folks can actually plot out, you know, which, which paths with which routes are the most accessible for them. There's much more signage, you know, little things like ramps and automatic doors. I think that the physical campus has, has seen a lot of improvement. That's great, Erica. And really kind of along those lines, our next question kind of, I think, ties into that quite nicely about just kind of what are some examples of services and resources that you provide to students um, and how do you, you know, really assist with those physical and um, kind of learning disabilities? Right. Um, well, so I think um, in terms of learning disabilities, but also for folks who don't have a documented disability, I'm trying to make my office a resource for folks who may not have had access um, to evaluation because we know that getting testing done or even having a certain diagnosis presents obstacles to equity. Not everyone has the same access, not everyone has the same resources. So it's important to me that these services not be restricted only to people with documentation. So, um, and I work very closely with the learning commons as well. But in terms of learning strategies, one of the things that we're working on is putting together very, again, individualized, tailored sort of coaching for students who might be struggling with the, the workload or um, the executive functioning, which is what we call sort of being able to put everything together in terms of the time it takes, the planning, remembering things when you need to remember them, et cetera. You know, whether it's how to write a 10 page paper um, without it exhausting you. So between myself and the learning commons, um, we do a lot of coaching around this um, to help students adapt and to help them build strategies that work for them. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm very adamant that there are no wrong ways to learn there are only bad fits. 
And so, you know, there are resources on campus that can be very, very useful for students. Things like audio books, things like um, accessible texts, um, using technology to help read and retain information or to help take notes, things like that. And I know that there's, there's stigma around it. Students don't want to, they don't want to take the easy way or they don't want to be cheating. Um, and so I'm very adamant about um, learning strategies that are tailored to how you learn, learning strategies that help you budget your energy so that you can get through everything you need to get through, and destigmatizing the the tools and the resources that we have to make it easier. Because we want we want learning to be about the joy that it brings and the inspiration that it brings, not just discipline and sitting there for hours in the library. So in terms of the services we provide, there's a lot of coaching um, that happens around that. And then also access to things like the accommodations and coordinating with professors about how to make the classroom experience more accessible. And then just connecting as well with other resources on campus, whether it's um, counseling or learning commons or advising. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Sort of? <laughs> yes, yes. I think I, I have a good idea of what's Oh, sorry, Josh. I but, have another question, Erica, which um, is sort of when we've talked in the past and, and sort of thinking about, about support services at BARD, you've mentioned something that I think that I really valued and uh, sort of around ensuring that there's a there's sort of an attitude that that it's important that the work is done by the people here in these positions and not always placed on the student who's facing um, accessibility issues or absolutely. Issues. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, I think that there is a lot of um, emotional labor and a lot of invisible labor that goes along with accessibility. You know, the burden is, is on the individual to find ways uh, of getting what they need. And I, I think people often don't understand how exhausting that can be. And that just getting to the same class that everyone else is in, getting the information that everyone else has can be exhausting and actually put that student already at a disadvantage before the work even really happens. Um, so I am really adamant that the school, right? And through myself and through other support services takes on some of the responsibility for that. One small, one small change that we've made this year um, is just, you know, the level of responsibility that I take even with accommodation letters. Um, I think there has been not just at BARD, but this is a very American thing, you know, the, the sense that one needs to advocate for themselves, right? If you want something, make it happen. But by the time you're done doing that, you're exhausted sometimes. So one of the things that we have changed this year is that when professors have questions about accommodations, when they think something might be inappropriate or they don't understand the context, just putting myself between students and faculty as a liaison, if the student wants that, frees the student up to not have to do that kind of emotional labor and also helps maintain boundaries and privacy so that students don't feel obligated to share personal things about them that other students wouldn't be expected to share. So, so that is, that is part of it. Thanks. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that's a, a really helpful point. So thanks for sort of laying that out and, and, um, and providing that sort of liaison role. Um, Cause I think that's, yeah, it's crucial. 
We've we do have we do have tons of students who are very comfortable advocating for themselves. Um, and I do want to mention that, you know, uh, I'm not trying to infantilize anybody. Um, and we have many students who, you know, after the letter is sent, they handle it all on their own and that's fine. And they only let me know when they need it. So again, I just want to emphasize that it's individualized. It's tailored to how much you need. It's just important to me that students know how much is available so that they get to choose how much they share. They get to choose where their boundaries are. That's really important to me. And we, we touched just briefly on, on sort of the limitations or, or at least the realities of, of campus, the physical space of campus. Are there any things that, that you can think of that students should be aware of about the sort of realities of BARD? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, in terms of the physical campus, um, I think, and I, and I think this is um, picking up steam as well, but there, I think we have more students now realizing that having a mobility device like a scooter, if that's helpful for them, can really make a, dis- a difference, not just because of the energy required to get around the campus, um, but because it's the Northeast and we get ice and we get snow. And so, you know, anybody with mobility issues, um, we have pretty good transportation on campus, but to be able to have the independence to not be dependent on it all the time, I think really makes a difference for people. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, Erica, I'm just wondering just how can a student be in touch with you regarding their specific needs and kind of creating the resources and kind of pathways that they would need to be successful here at BARD? I am definitely available by email. So disability services at BARD or my name, which I know is a mouthful, E. Vandervelden at BARD, but I'm on the website. Email is the best way. I'm happy to talk with people who are prospective students as well. I know that sometimes figuring out the accessibility of a school is a pretty key variable in figuring out where you're going to go. So, you know, when when students set up accommodations with me, it always starts with a very quick registration and then a meeting that we have one-on-one to discuss um, what the students' needs are, what their style is, you know, and then and then the details of what kinds of accommodations they need if they need them. So I'm I'm really pretty, pretty focused on doing this individually, but people also get referred to me by their deans um, or by their faculty. So there's, there's a lot of ways to get here. Thanks, Erica. I think that's, that's all the questions that, that Josh and I had for you today, but uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Um, And if anyone has any questions also um, about this um, and you want to reach out to admission to sort of find some additional direction, you can reach out to admission at bard.edu as well. Yeah. And on that note, we look forward to next time and being in touch with you all. Take care.